to the Somerset Emotional Wellbeing Podcast. I'm Dr. Kate Staveley, a GP and clinical lead for women and children. And today I'm delighted to be joined by my friend and colleague, Dr. Peter Bagshaw, GP and uh, NHS Somerset Clinical Lead for Mental Health. And today I think we are talking about the Sloppy Snippers campaign. So I'd like to welcome, we've got two guests, if I could welcome Charlotte first, if you could introduce who you are and a little bit about why you're involved in this campaign. Hello, I'm Charlotte. Thanks for having me today. I am the project lead on uh, the the SAS behalf for the Sloppy Slippers Roadshow, uh, going around the the county, um, promoting the the benefits of health, staying strong and steady in appropriate footwear to reduce the admittances to hospitals. And for the benefit of our uh, listeners, what is SAS? That is the Somerset and Activity and Sports Partnership. Thank you. Welcome. And Claire, could you introduce yourself? Thank you. Um, my name is Claire Bunclark. I'm the head of Aging Well for Somerset ICB. Um, and obviously our project for Sloppy Slippers falls under the umbrella of urgent community response, uh, proactive care and enhanced health and care homes, which are the three projects our project team are working on at the moment. So Sloppy Slippers, it's an incredibly uh, amusing name for something really, really important. So can you tell us a little bit about what what made you choose the name and and what it's all about? Thanks, Peter. Um, So first of all, we were were aware that um, there was um, a a pot of money coming down from our national team to support people who were living with frailty in our Somerset community. Uh, We as a project team had worked with uh, Somerset Foundation Trust and rolled out Uh, lifting equipment not only to our neighbourhood locality teams but also to several of the care homes across the county and therefore we were left scratching our heads of what to do with this pot of money. Um, We did have a look out to other systems and we were aware that sloppy slipper campaigns have been effectively run in other systems and and were a real opportunity to engage with uh, those people in the community who were at risk of falling uh, their carers, their friends and family. And that's how the project really started. And I think the Sloppy Slipper campaign is very catchy uh, and it's easy uh, to uh, get that widely um, uh, around, this, around the system for people to understand what it is. Absolutely. And although it's a lighthearted name, it's actually a very serious issue, isn't it? Can you give us some idea of the, the scale of uh, harm caused by people falling and ending up in hospital? Yeah, well, for the NHS itself, and I'll just refer to some of the notes that I have here. Uh, on at, for yearly, on yearly, the, the cost, of, excuse me, the cost of falls is two two point three billion to the NHS. Uh, of those falls, four point three five million is spent looking after people who have fallen at home. Um, we know in Somerset, um, because of the winter pressures, there has been, you know, stories where we've had patients who've fallen at home, who've lay on the floor for many, many hours. And that's not, you know, anybody's fault at all. There is winter pressures. And unfortunately, ambulance ambulance services are not able to get there in, you know, a, a reasonable time. And so patients who lay on the floor are at further risk of deteriorating health, longer stays in hospital, longer uh, time to recover, recoup at home. So the significant impact, not only for the patient and the family, but also for 
uh, services who were then trying to get these people back into their homes and back to a state of independence again. And, and Charlotte, what sort of things do we see affecting people who've had a fall? Why is having a fall such a problem in older patients? It really stems from, well, firstly, poor, poorly fitting footwear. I've learned that from a lot of the road shows in that they wear those sliders um, that just flip flop on their feet. They fall down the stairs because they've caught on the back of the stairs or they've tripped over wires, rugs, pets. There's all kinds of hazards around the home. So whilst we are promoting properly fitted footwear and security in the foot, it's also about educating about the home, what's around that's possibly a risk to health um, and to you staying sturdy. But furthermore, it's it's a lot about the physiology of our bodies and how we lose our muscle mass from probably the age, well, it is from the age 30, and how we stay strong and sturdy and stable from that onwards to help us in later life so that we can support ourselves both in our shoes, but in our bodies as well. I'm really pleased you brought that up, Charlotte, because uh, I was reading a study uh, a week or two ago that more than half of over 65s are unable to get up from the chair unaided. They have to use their arms. to. So building that lower Bodsma, uh power is really important, isn't it? Can you tell us a bit about exercise in older people and the benefits and what people can do if they think, oh, I'm, I'm a bit past this. I don't want to put my lycra and go to the gym. <laughs> of course. And yeah, gyms certainly have a place, but um, it's not for everybody. So it's it's kind of important to to recognize that we we find strength from our big toe upwards so when we've got strong grip in our feet it works into our ankles when we've got strong ankles it works into our knees when we've got good strong knees it works into our hips and our back and then it's our core and then it's our neck and it's our general stability in our body so when we say it's from the big toe up it really is and we kind of go out on on three three movements that are really good to just start practicing in the home that are safe that you can hold on to the work surfaces uh, just while you're boiling the kettle uh, while you're standing talking at the door to the postman and that would be just heel raises. So really good micro movements, even when we're watching Emmerdale and Coronation Street, whatever it is uh, you, that takes your fancy, just lift those heels, bringing onto your toes. And that you'll, you'll feel the calf contract, that muscle at the back, and that starts to build in knee strength. And that is just one movement you can do. Well, I'm doing it now as I speak. It's just really nice to start getting in, get into that habit almost. And, and it's really simple. We can all do it. The other one is the lovely toe to heel. So we place uh, one toe behind the heel of the other foot and then you start doing your balances there. So you teeter, you kind of tick tock between those balances and we can do those standing up with supports as well with your friend. You can do it together, uh, holding onto a wall. And again, that just builds in our balance and our stability. And then the other one, rightly so, as you said, is the sit to stand. And it's how we we plant our heels at 90 degree angles with our knees and then with our hips, place our heels strongly into the floor and come up standing and sturdy. And that might be that you need to grip on first, but that's when you start to build the strength in the knees and the quads and the glutes and the core that you can start building everything up from there. It's, it's small movements make big changes. And who should we be aiming this advice at? 30 year olds honestly it is from for everybody and I go around the care groups and meet some wonderful people who ask really similar questions and actually we should all be doing it but those uh, perhaps who have um 
visual uh, in, you know, instabilities or hearing problems. It's perfect for those because we have balance, we're off balance. Um, Parkinson's patients, it's really good for them to try and build stability as well. But I would say it's for everybody. Why not? Why do we, we all should have a strong and sturdy body? Can I add a fourth exercise to that, Charlotte? And you can tell me whether it's any good or not. So often I would see patients who said, well, I'd love to do exercises, but I've got arthritis in my knee or my hip and I just can't move. And I would say for those people, when you're sitting down, just lift one leg out straight and hold it there until you feel the muscle uh, not able to hold it anymore. And, and that's a good isometric exercise. Do you, would you endorse that or am I telling people to do the wrong thing? Always with an isometric exercise. Absolutely. If we can encourage those, uh, you get you get 10 out of 10 because now we know the scientific proof that that includes um, improves our blood pressure as well. Isometrics are fantastic. And like you say, those, those nice leg extensions from the knee, um, it's also measurable and you can hold it and you can see how long you can hold it for as well. And you've got wall sits and, and and also like pushes, you know, isometric holds against your joints, your other your other body parts as well. So, yes. 10 out of 10 for those. <laughs> so we've got a good idea of the exercises we should be doing, and we think everybody over the age of 30 should be doing them. Um, Claire, where does the Sloppy Slippers campaign come in in all of this? The Sloppy Slipper campaign, I think, is our first opportunity as a programme team to bring together various stakeholders from across the community. Um, we are very fortunate to work in uh, collaboration with health coaches and social prescribers. So it's not just about exercise and the slippers. It's also having that awareness and bringing people who possibly are quite socially isolated back into the heart of the community to understand there are many services, many people available to them that can help not only with their mobility, their sloppy slippers, but also uh, intervening in where their lifestyle or their well-being is possibly not where they want it to be and giving them the support and resources to be able to get some sort of quality of life and well-being back to where they wanted it to be in the first place. Because, of course, falls isn't just about having a fall and breaking your hip or hurting your knee. There's so much more. Quite often, a fall is the first time a person realises that they're getting frail and that they're not as physically robust as they used to be. So this is obviously an opportunity then to help them to reevaluate where they are in life. It's, it's a, I've always found as a GP, the conversation with patients who are getting that little bit older and slightly frail, but who still see themselves as being young and fit can be very tricky. Um, and it goes into all areas, doesn't it? You know, we have that conversation, is, is your house the, the best place to be living? And um, is it really a good idea having a slippery carpet on your stairs and all sorts of other conversations? Absolutely. And I think that sometimes we're waiting for patients to fall before we start having those conversations. And this is really about saying it's OK if you feel you're getting elderly and frail. But there are lots of opportunities available to, to sort of stop or maybe reverse or strengthen your core, be able to get out and engage in the community. Uh, we do have uh, links in with urgent community response which is the two-hour response service within Somerset 
uh, and the feedback that we're getting from their team, that they are seeing patients in their own homes following up, following on from a fall who have inappropriate footwear, who are not, uh, you know, aware of social prescribers, health coaches that are in their localities very close to them can call with a home visit or engage in the warm hubs and various different other centres that are, you know, spotted across the county. And just as, as a, additional information, we do Actually, we have actually supplied urgent community response teams with uh, slippers so that when they do attend a fall, if they note that, you know, the patient individual has, uh, you know, ill-fitting footwear, they're able to offer uh, slippers uh, for those individuals and give them further advice. And you mentioned falls, and that's incredibly important, but there are lots of other health benefits, aren't they, to both maintaining strength and also, Claire, you mentioned about not being socially isolated, and we know that that, that reduces the risk of dementia and so on. So is, is that something that you're both uh, keen to encourage? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, what I'm sure Charlotte will attest to this. One of the roadshows, we, we had a care home come along with lots of residents and, and, you know, the feedback that we got at the end of the visit from that specific care home was how much the ladies and, and gentlemen who came along to the roadshow really enjoyed it. It's not just about the slippers, it's, it's about meeting, you know, teams of people who are in the community who are there very much to support your health and well-being, and that's mental and physical health, not just the physicalities of stopping you having a fall at home. And I think sometimes as people get older, it, it's hard to to feel you still belong in your local community and that, that you're not a burden on everybody because so much of uh, the attention towards older people is around when things go wrong and we forget to em embrace the fact that they can do exercise, they can socialise, they, they have very valid lives um, that they want to enjoy. Absolutely. Um, tell me a bit more about the slippers. Where did they come from? Charlotte, do you want me to pick? You go for it, Claire. You go for it. <laughs> uh, so very kindly, SASP have been, uh, they've been at the head of this project. Uh, and so uh, in in Somerset, we have MedEquip, who supply um, the equipment for the community services. And so they have supported this programme of work uh, and we're very, very keen to be involved. Uh, and I'd like to take this opportunity to say lots of the additional partners who have been involved in this project, who are not front and centre, have been absolute, real brilliant support. And we would definitely not have gotten, um, A, the uptake that we've had. Uh, and, and be the engagement that we've had uh, from the community if we hadn't had that additional support. So there's there's many more people in this project than just obviously NHS Somerset and SASP. And Charlotte, while we've got you here, we've we've talked about SASP before. It, if you can remind listeners of what it stands for, can you tell us a bit about some of the other work that SASP does apart from the the current sloppy slippers campaign? Yeah, the Somerset Activity and Sports Partnership, and I challenge you to say it 10 times fast. Uh, <laughs> we do everything across Somerset. What my colleagues do is just uh, immense, and it and it goes from uh, childhood childhood um, activity up to uh, active ageing, which is what I'm helping with on the on the sloppy slippers. I've got colleagues who help in um 
supporting men in um, alcohol and drug addiction. So bringing physical uh, physical activity um, to support their mental well-being there. Myself, I also uh, am a women's health development uh, project officer. So I uh, come up with um, courses across the whole of Somerset to help women break down their barriers. We've got our Jumpstart team who help disadvantaged young adults come into physical activity and, and find a safe space um, that's appropriate for them in terms of their needs. We have the beautiful school games organisers who do phenomenal things within schools and primary schools and secondary schools and, and you know, it's the sports games, all the activities, all the competitions. What we don't do, I couldn't tell you, honestly, <laughs> we cover everything. And again, the active ageing team who I'm now working with and, and new projects called, you know, Move to Independence and Supporting Hospital Discharge. We've got Move to Independence Activators. So we're constantly growing and we're identifying needs across the whole county and acting upon it and we're, we're supported by a great CEO who, who sees that as well. And I think it's great that you do activity that's fun. Uh, an influencer, probably Joe Wicks actually, was asked what the best exercise was and their reply was whatever you're going to enjoy doing and keep doing. So you know that's exactly what you're doing isn't it? I'd also encourage people out there not to stereotype people we're talking about older people and frailty but you know lots of us I'm of a certain age I was doing my exercises this morning in preparation to going back to my black belt cutters uh, next week which uh, so you know just because people reach a certain age doesn't mean they've got to stop exercising that's that's exactly right and, and the beauty of it is that we see that at the road shows we get to um, meet and have a chat with these people when they come in and visit uh, they take a seat and we fit their slipper and we make sure they're strong and sturdy and we get them to have a walk around and they get up limber as anything. So it's, it's it's you know, sometimes it's just them, again, being able to socialise and meet us and talk about other opportunities. And you mentioned about the dementia as well. And I've I've learned lots on these roadshows, in particular about dementia as well, meeting some wonderful groups. Uh, but also the facilities that are available. I've recently learned about the Herbert scheme as well. So if any dementia patients go missing, the Avon and Somerset police have certain um, bands that they can scan and find them and things like that. And then we've got the Somerset Library who's, who have these interactive buddy systems where they can do, go in, um, dementia groups can go and do a, like a quizzes and stuff and they can um, associate themselves with old pictures to bring back memories and all the memory cafes. It's been such a, a phenomenal learning curve um and you should never take a, you know never judge a book by its cover because you don't know what's going on either in inside or outside it's uh it's always surprising <laughs> thank you um can we just rewind a little bit now so we're, we're talking about the sloppy slippers campaign why is it so important to keep people out of hospital claire I think um, we've all had experiences where we've had relatives, whether they're old or young, admitted to hospital and any lengthy stay is not good for patients. And we know from people who are, have moderate and severe frailty or long term conditions, um, the, the likelihood of a long stay in hospital is, is increased with age. And so we know from many studies that patients do much well. Uh, their, their outcomes are much better if they're supported in the place that they call home. And this is ultimately where we're trying to get to. It's about prevention of, of the actual fall 
which, you know, causes pain, injury, psychologically, it can be a devastating for a patient to have a really um, impactful fall that either breaks uh, their hips or other uh, or, or bones. Uh, and so it's about stopping that fall in the first place so they don't end, start that journey of a long protracted mission to hospital and then the journey to recovery afterwards uh, and ensuring that patients stay at home for as long as they can and as well as they can. I think it's really important to uh, stress that, Claire. I mean, a, a lot of us think, think of, of hospitals as great places to, to be made better. But the, the reality is a lot of people going into hospital will end up with a, a urinary tract infection. They'll get confusion. Certainly if they've got dementia, then the unfamiliar surroundings will make that worse. And sadly, there's lots of really depressing news about people being put to bed and getting this so-called sarcopenia, where they just get muscle wasting if they're in hospital for long periods of time. Though I'd like to think that's something that's that's changing, isn't it? Do we encourage people in hospitals to be more active now? I would hope so. Um, I, I, would, I would like to make mention of our urgent community response service and also we have hospital at home uh, within Somerset, which is a national service uh, aimed at treating people who have maybe a more intensive need but do not need hospitalisation in, in the place that they call home. So we are starting to see uh, an absolute steer toward away from acute services where they're not appropriate and a building of services to support people who have an acute need but not an, uh, an um, emergency need to remain at home. And what we're seeing is people tend to have uh, better outcomes when they remain in their own home supported well, by their, I think family, there's a... their family. There's a lot of evidence out there, isn't there, about the longer you stay in bed, the, the worse the outcome is from whatever episode you have, which is why we're encouraging. I, I believe now on the wards, they encourage people to get up and get dressed rather than remain in bed in pyjamas um, and presumably to put their well-fitted slippers on as well. Although, do they always recommend slippers? Because my understanding is these socks with the rubber bungs on the bottom are quite popular for elderly patients. Is that right? I, I do believe in different systems and different uh, acute settings, there are different solutions. Certainly for, for us in Somerset, we recognise that this is for patients within the community and therefore this is to provide, you know, better footwear to support them at home. To what, do good, what do good slippers look like? Uh, they look like our slippers. <laughs> well. So um, we would advise people to to make sure that they have their feet their feet measured, so they're wearing the appropriate size. Something with a closed toe and a closed back, so you have full support around the uh, whole outside of the foot. Um, we, I was a district nurse for many years and I would regularly go into patients' homes who would either not be wearing any footwear at all, which is dangerous in itself if you're diabetic or you have any other long-term long conditions, but also um, patients who maybe, maybe have had those slippers for several years and lost a little bit of muscle mass and therefore the, the feet are worth thinner. So there's a greater risk of uh, falls. As I say, our slippers are provided by Mediquip. Uh, there is sturdy footwear on the closed toe with a, a Velcro fastening to keep the footwear in place. And a lot of people have difficulty reaching down to their feet to, to put shoes and things on. Are, are there any tips you can give to those people about the, the best sort of footwear to, to, to wear and how they can help get it on and off safely? 
Sorry, I realise we're straying into footwear other than slippers in this. <laughs> Seems like a, a shoe expert one. I mean, for, for us, I, I wouldn't say that I'm an expert on that and that I would provide that advice. So we always uh, have shoe horns available and Mediquip are fantastic at providing uh, super long, so a good couple of foot long um, shoe horns. You can also get them in Ikea as well, um, to, just to support that lean. So if hip hinge patterns don't work for you to lean over, although we do try and encourage movement from that hip hip hinge pattern, um, try and do that. But again, if laces, because dexterity is gone, that Velcro fastening is perfect. Um, but also it's got a little bit of give. Say if we've got swelling in the foot, we can it can still go across the, the top of the foot there and, and can be made tighter to fit. So we like yeah, it's definitely about that sturdy sole that um that you're not kind of going into the garden in as well. I hear that quite a lot. And then they get muddy and then they get slippy. So it's definitely got to be about being in the home safe with that sturdy sole, good warm fitting. I will say these slippers that we've got are are nice and cozy. A lot of the feedback we've had is that their feet are warm and they're comfy um and, and they're happy in them. So so if somebody's looking at their slippers thinking, oh, they're a bit old and, and ragged and they've got a few holes in or, or knows a relative with that, should should they get in touch with you? Should they just go out to the local footwear shop and get new slippers? How, what what do they do, please? No, they can't. They, yes, absolutely get in touch with us because whilst it is a tool, whilst the slippers are an engagement tool and we get to look after their feet, we also get to engage with them and have these necessary conversations where we can assess their health and be able to signpost them to, to the visitors, to our to our partners and stakeholders at the roadshow. So we have Age UK there, RNIB, so the Institute for Blindness. Uh, we have um, Somerset Lifeline representatives there as well and uh, fitness instructors. We have everybody there. So we always say come out anywhere whether it's about getting slippers or it's it, it's not um, but likewise if you do want to go to a store and get fitted properly for that extra security safety of mind um, do so as that as well but we're free so <laughs> the incentive and, there and how can people find out about the road shows Oh, they can visit uh, either our Somerset and Activity Sports Partnership website or they can go on Our Somerset as well, which is um, uh, the oursomerset.org.uk. And the Sloppy Slippers Roadshow information will be on there as well. And as ever, all of this information will be on the show notes uh, at the end. So sadly, we're, we're coming to the end of our time. Uh, what uh, thoughts do you uh, both want to leave us with, Claire and Charlotte? Um, I think um, I would like to leave the Somerset audience with the thought of there is a, a very wide and varied uh, support network within Somerset. And um, please engage with us um, because no one needs to be isolated and alone and, you know, deteriorating when we have health coaches, social prescribers. We've got fantastic community teams, brilliant GPs. Uh, obviously, we've got the SAS team and other voluntary sector organisations. So please reach out um, because we want to make sure that the Somerset community are engaging with the services available to them. And I would like to mirror that as well. So falls don't only break uh, break bones, they break hearts um, and it's uh, people lose confidence. 
um, and don't become themselves after that, if, especially if they don't feel strong and steady anymore. And I would just encourage you don't have to feel like you need to be super mobile, super quick. OK, M mobility is about movement ability and it's just anything that can help you feel a little bit more freer in your movement. And all we say is just move a little bit more than you did the day before. And that can be with simple, basic exercises that you can find on our website um, and at the Sloppy Slippers Roadshows. And my only thought would be it's never too early to start thinking about keeping yourself mobile, active and improving your core strength. Don't wait until you have had a fall. As soon as you start thinking, I'm not quite as strong as I used to be. Think about what exercises you might start enjoying at this stage in your life, because although you may have enjoyed skiing and rugby and football or whatever in your 30s, when you reach your 60s, there may be some other sort of exercise that you want to do. Um, so be prepared to move on to the next stage. And I would add, and it's never too late either, and probably 10 to 20 minutes, three times a week of strengthening exercises will make a huge difference to your health. So I hope we've left everyone with some wise advice. I hope they'll be looking down at their feet, footwear and uh, thinking of changing it. And uh, thank you, Charlotte and Claire, for being with us today. Kate, you've introduced us. I'll leave you the last words to uh, say goodbye to us all as well. Well, thank you very much to all our guests and to Peter and go well. You've been listening to the Somerset Emotional Wellbeing Podcast. The show was hosted by our team of doctors, including Dr. Andrew Tresider, Dr. Peter Bagshaw and Dr. Kate Staveley. The show was produced by Rob Holmes Music on behalf of the NHS Somerset Integrated Care Board. <laughs>